Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Mike Connolly, founder and CEO of Standout Truck. Happy to have you here on Business Talk, Mike. Thanks for having me, Joe. You're one of my favorite people. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, likewise. Um, <laughs> you, you know, um, we've all heard the phrase, um, I've known that guy since he was in diapers. Um, well, I've known you uh, since you got into the diaper business in a way. Um, tell me about your entrepreneurial journey and the stops along the way. Yeah, I'll give you the, the quick version, man. But it, it literally started at nine. Um, back in the Bahamas, and then I moved here, you know, as an adult, end up starting a business called Stinky Cakes out of necessity, needed to feed my family, and um, that, I did pretty well with that, and then I ended up getting really sick, so I pulled back from business, ended up writing a book on business called uh, Launch and Stand Out to teach people how to, you know, how to st- turn simple ideas into, into things that, you know, can feed their families like I did with um, Stinky Cakes, and how to market them, and then from that, I ended up creating a a course called the hundred grand plan with one of my mentors, John Sertino, the guy that started the Vermont teddy bear company. And then out of that, out of that course and, and the mastermind that came with it, some of the folks started asking me to do that marketing for them. So I started a, a marketing agency named after my book. Um, while doing that, I fell in love with the out of home advertising space. And I was like, man, I want to have my own screens. So I ended up buying a digital billboard truck that turned into two digital billboard trucks. And I, you know, I, I have this really huge passion for teaching marketing. I love marketing, man. Like I said, I've been doing that since I was nine. So that's all I know. Ended up creating a, a community called Marketing and Cupcakes to teach business owners and business professionals marketing. Because I realize a lot of people don't see marketing in slow motion like I do. I, I could meet someone and talk to them for five minutes and give them a marketing strategy to grow their business. I just, I'm addicted to it. So I ended up doing that and created a magazine called marketing and cupcakes magazine for, for that community. And then, you know, between those things, um, most people know me for standout truck. That's the thing that I do. That's how I really feed my family. And, um, but I, I, I love entrepreneurship and I love marketing. I love branding. I love sales. I'm here for all of it, man. I, like I said, I, since I was a kid, it's, it's all I know. I, I couldn't do anything else. I, I do want to hit on um, a couple of these, these stops along the way in greater detail. But when you say you kind of started the marketing career in a way at age nine, uh, I mean, what was that all about? Tell me, I mean, what was the, what, what was it that you were marketing then? And what was your mindset? Yeah, so it was it was an accident, and I actually I'm thankful it happened then, right? Because marketing's so complicated. If I learned marketing as a 42 year old like I am today, I, I I would absolutely suck at marketing. But um, growing up in the Bahamas, my grandmother would fly over to Florida where her sister lived. She would go to Costco and and BJ's and come back with like what I thought was a mountain of candy, you know. So I started bringing some of that candy to school. Not and this I, this so even today, all marketing to me is 
telling people about stuff they would love and buy if they knew it existed. And it happened from me giving those kids candy. Say, you got to try this Jolly Ranch. You got to try these nerds. You got to try this thing that the school store didn't have, just flavors they didn't have. And what ended up happening was kids started asking me for candy. And I honestly, I always just like to say, I wish it was a nicer part of the story here, but I was literally being a jerk when I said this. I said, you know, I, I sell it now because I got tired of them asking me for candy. And, you know, I'm no dummy. Uh, when the kids started saying, well, okay, well, how much? I was like, all right, well, the package at 25 cents or 50 cents, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and then my, my first business decision, because I knew some of our little brothers and little sisters, because this was consistent. It was asking for candy. And I was selling candy. So I, you know, I knew they had little brothers and little sisters. So I started saying, hey, I sold out, but come to the house. I have more at the house. And then instead of making one, two dollars per person at school, I was making three, four, five at, at, the, at the house. And so that's when I learned um, marketing and sales. And, you know, like I said, it was it was an accident. You know, you I, I kind of um, sort of jokingly mentioned the diapers at the top and in, in, in the stinky cakes business. That's, as I said at the top, when we first met you, you were one of our original 40 under 40s for Business West, um, uh, one of the earlier classes. And at the time, um, it was for stinky cakes. Tell me a little bit about that venture, because it is so interesting. And, and, and I know it got a lot of traction. Yeah, so it was funny, man. What happened was I, I, I had, I had, um, I needed to find a job, um, and and I wanted a job in marketing, because like, I, like I said, it's just my passion, and I was applying to all the marketing agencies, and I wasn't getting callbacks, no nothing. So I was like, man, I need to, I need to start a bit. My my train of thought was I'll start a business, and then um, market that business. Then people will see how good I am at marketing, and then they'll give me a job in marketing. Because like at the time, my goal was to, um. Like I said, feed my family, and we go on vacation once a year, and that was it. I had no other goals. I was quite happy with that reason. You know, I wanted to raise my boys, um, but it wasn't happening. So my sons are 18 months apart, and when my first son was born, um, I mean, this kid got so much stuff. We could open our own baby store. It was an unbelievable the amount of things he got. So when my second son was born, we just like, no, 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 we don't want all that stuff. We still have unopened stuff. Can you just give us diapers? And no one wanted to give us diapers. And that was like bothered me. So my my entrepreneurial brain always has to solve a problem. This is why I have so many enterprises right now. I always have to solve a problem. When I see it consistent, I got to solve it. So, I, you know, I decided to take the disposable diapers, make them look like cakes. We called it Stinky Cakes. We did some marketing, um, internet marketing, and people all across the country were ordering them. And we were just putting them in boxes and shipping them. And, you know, that that helped us a lot. As a, as a young family to, to get by. And, you know, like you said, I ended up being 40 in the 40. I ended up being selected one America's top 100 urban entrepreneurs. All sorts of crazy right. stuff came, came from that. Cause that's, you know, that's the whole thing. Like when you put the work in work ethic is everything, man. And I, I'm not afraid to fail. I don't, and I don't really care what people think about me when I, when I'm pursuing a, a, a goal or a dream, I get so locked that I can't even hear the negativity or what well, you can't, da, 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 the things that normally stop people. I, I'm just so focused. I can't even hear it. Yeah, you mentioned um, um, the, the the founder of Vermont Teddy Bear before, and I know I know um, when you uh, you were in the past, you've looked up to entrepreneurs like him and, and like Mike Kittredge, uh, the founder of Yankee Candle, and reached out to them for advice, partnered with them with um, with with John and, and, and um, John Sartino um, on on your your uh, endeavors. Um, have you found opportunities to be a mentor to others um, through your work with uh, Launch and Standout and, and, and your other initiatives? And, and how important is it for other aspiring entrepreneurs to seek out? that kind of advice and support. Yeah, I got it. When, with, if I mentioned uh, John Sertino and Mike 
excuse me, and Mike Kittrich. I also have to mention David Klein, who started Jelly Belly Jelly Beans, because he's one of my mentors oh, too. Okay. But but yeah, you know, I, I'm so I wrote this children's book with with uh, um, Heather from my team, who's a much better writer than me. But we put together this book called Lemonade Book, um, and through that, I, I go into schools and teach kids um, work ethic and entrepreneurship and teamwork and everything it takes to succeed. All all the things that my mentors taught me, I put in that book, a fun storybook. I don't even like to call it a children's book. I like to call it a storybook so simple that children could understand. But I go in and I teach. I, I uh, Actually, we had a we had a comedy show fundraiser through the guys with um, Funny for Funds, and we raised enough money to um, get... 5,000 copies of the book out. And then I had a, I did, cause I do corporate speaking as well. And one of the, one of the uh, uh, people that booked me, they asked me my speaking fee. And I said, you know what, here's what I want you to do. Instead of paying me to speak, um, just, you know, make a donation so I could get more books for the kids. And they made a sizable donation and I was able to get um, more books. So like this, this school year, I'm giving away 10,000 copies of that book. Um, to kids, I, I, that that's we started that when the school year began, and we already had three thousand copies that we, we gave away. But sharing and giving back is 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 huge for me. Uh, and then, if, like for adults, <clears throat> excuse me, I share so much of how to do this entrepreneurship thing and business thing the the right way. The way those those very successful entrepreneurs you mentioned um, taught me, I, I share a lot of that on my social media openly. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of I like I just I share a lot of it um, because I believe anybody that's willing to put the real amount of work in that it takes to succeed should have access to that information. And a lot of those a lot of the adults end up becoming my clients because, you know, they want to work one on one with me because I do I do consulting as well. But yeah, the whole thing is I, I believe in, in sharing because like at the end of the day, man. Is no, there's no secret to success. You got to just put the what I call the LBW in the long, lonely, born work, and anybody willing <laughs> to embrace that, I'll I'll tell them what that work looks like for them. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Mike Connolly, the founder and CEO of Standout Truck, and a lot of other things. Um, you mentioned um, um, marketing and cupcakes before. I, I know a lot of what you do seems to there seems to be some overlap between the entities. But but um, tell me everything I need to know about that. Yeah. So what what happened? How I how I end up coming up with marketing and cupcakes? I have I, I like I said I my through my social media presence, a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about marketing, and um, so I I made a post one day. I was like, hey, if I if I you know started a marketing group where we, you know, once in a while we come together and talk about marketing. Would, would you want to do that? I thought maybe like five people, you know, 10 people would be like, yeah, that's, that's, let's do that. I had almost a hundred people either comment or react to the thing. So then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we got something here. So then I said, okay, cool. If I do a, if I do a focus group, uh, would you show up? And I, people said, yes. So then I had about this was just under 20 people show up to this focus group. And, and I asked them what, if, what, did, what would this thing look like? Uh, and they told me what they would want. And then I built marketing and cupcakes and then it ended up. So every once a month I pick a topic and it's all based on studying what everyone's dealing with uh, around marketing. And I break it down. And, and the whole, the, the thing with marketing and cupcakes, the rule is 
Um, you have to approach it as a nine-year-old. Don't come in however old you are. We don't, we don't want that. You got to be nine years old. <laughs> so I, I, t- I teach marketing like, like a nine-year-old, like very simple. And this is why the people get results really quick. And they come and listen and interact with each other like a nine-year-old. Because when you're that young, just think about you, you when you you playing tag. Like everyone just jumps in. No one, I'm better than you. I'm not. There's no egos. We just have a good time. Everyone networks, and it's just a really cool. It's a really cool thing. And then the the magazine portion that I came about because um, last December I'm I'm like man, what's missing? I gotta. How do I keep everything connected? I how how can we communicate uh, even when the events aren't around? And then I said, I told my team, I was like, listen, we got to create a magazine before the next Mac event. And believe it or not, man, within two and a half weeks, we put together our first issue and it was launched. And then so now we, we, we put them out. Uh, we try to put them out once every every two months. Sometimes we do every month. It depends on the scenario. Sometimes we have more things to discuss. But it's just it's just a way to keep the community connected. Um, and, and, and like I said, man, I listen to what they want and I just build it because I'm addicted to building things. Yeah, it, 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 I, lo- I love the um, I love the concept of coming at it as a nine year old because, as you said at the, at the, earlier in our conversation, that you were even at that age, you were you were you know you you, you saw something people wanted, you kind of showed them why they, why they'd want it. I mean, it, it, I guess, and I guess all marketing really stems from that. That's it. That's what I'm telling you. So my definition of marketing is telling people about stuff they would love and buy if they knew it existed. And, and, and I, I got that kind of thinking from Mike Kittridge, like Mike, Kitt, like if you ever had the chance and I'm, I miss Mike so much and I wish he could see all the stuff that I'm doing right now. But like Mike, like if you ever had a conversation with Mike Kittridge, you really realize really fast that he, he didn't become very successful because of the candles. You'll realize that Mike Kittridge could have been selling used chewing gum and it would have been a $500 million used <laughs> chewing gum company. The man is, a, is an absolute genius because and he saw and understood his customers' wants and needs in slow motion. And he was always able to build things and, and events and experiences around what they would actually end up buying. Like, is, so like when I, when I witnessed that and he, when he was telling me how um, if stinky cakes was his, how he would do it. And then when he was explaining to me how he really grew Yankee candle and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is such common sense. Oh my goodness. And that, after that point, like that's when I really started, um, shifting the way I do market. And then the same thing with John, John, if, if cause John and I have a podcast too, um, together, the marketing and cupcake, uh, marketing and cupcakes podcast. And John, he shares how, um, when he first started the Vermont teddy bear company, he couldn't sell teddy bears at all because he was on the streets of Vermont and, and, and everyone else, you know, people were buying blankets and food and all the other stuff, sweaters. I love Vermont sweaters kind of things. And no one was buying his teddy bears. And he's like, Mike, when I realized like I needed to, to, to shift from the toy market to the gift market, that's when I got better. Cause he said the only people that would buy his teddy bears were like guys that were in trouble with their girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> and they needed a gift or like if, if someone's mom is mom's birthday or mother's day kind of thing, they were the only people that would buy from him. So he shifted his whole business model to focusing on, on a, on a, on a gift being in the gift market. And then the other thing John taught me was simple messages, but him and Mike said the same thing kind of the same way, simple messages. Um, John said his business really, really grew when he had a billboard. It, it had two words 
and a phone number and a picture of the teddy bear. And the two words was send love. So send love mm. is 800 number and the teddy bear. And that blew his business up because people started calling and he focused on Mother's Day and he focused on Valentine's Day. And then mm. what, yeah. I, what I learned about this from, from um, David Klein, um, David Klein was the king of PR. David Klein was the was the uh, the king of hijacking attention. So when a lot of what I do, um, I stand out in in, in in subtle ways, but not subtle ways. But it's not the attention part. It's understanding how to convert attention into sales. So th- those are those the things those three guys put together is is how this whole marketing thing happens in my mind. I still don't want, want to know how close we came to having to visit the uh, the Yankee used chewing gum village every year, but um, <laughs> but but speaking of standing out, let's let's talk about standout truck. I mean, that's, as as you said from the start, people know you from that. Um, how how um, how has that evolved? How has it grown in terms of um, equipment, staff, types of clients you serve? Tell me about um, how that's how that's gone over the last couple of years. Man, it's amazing. I I can't tell the standout truck story without telling you so for you to really appreciate it i have to tell you the day that we launched okay so keep in mind for those that don't know what standout truck is is a traveling mobile digital uh billboard we have digital signs just like you see on the side of the highway but on the back of our on our trucks three-sided right so our whole business is driving in traffic spreading the word really fast for people for businesses we started our business <laughs> March 9th, twenty twenty. Oh, that's a great date. <laughs> oh, the, we had the whole world in front of us then, didn't we? That was going to be a great year. Uh, it was going to be a great year. <laughs> three three days later, we know we know what happened. Yep. So so you know, but I and that's why I always tell people, man, entrepreneurship is going to test you. It's going is it's just like success. It's going to make you work to see if you really want it, if you really got what it takes. But you know, the cool thing was, like, I'm a planner, so. I had the first 90 days to operate at a loss anyway, right? So I, I wasn't really worried. Yeah, this little flu thing would go by, whatever. So I'm sitting back watching, watching, and then stuff started being canceled more and more. And like I said, I, I go into a lot of these schools and a lot of colleges talking to kids. I've been doing that for at least probably like 15 years now. Um, so I actually, even when I was trying to become a teacher in the school system and it wasn't working for me and i and i would get i was getting blocked a lot going to go into schools to speak when i was figuring it out so i took a job as a sub just so i could get in and teach kids so i, I like a lot of the kids in my community like i genuinely have nothing but love for these kids and i want to see them succeed and i want to see them reach their goals so when i started hearing that the graduation ceremonies were canceled i was like oh man no we can't have that these kids have to have some kind of moment so then I just like I was like, forget trying to sell ad space. Don't want, don't want to be making money. Just why don't you turn the truck into the celebration um, truck? So 2020, a lot of kids, um, high school and, and, and college, that's was that basically their ceremony. We would go to go to their homes with with their picture on it and a congratulatory message from their family. And then we would do a photo shoot on the spot. Then we would edit them all within the same hour. Um, this should have been like a $500 package, but we were, we were doing it at $75 just so as many kids as possible could do that. But that helped me um, work out some kinks with my staff, um, know what we're capable of doing. I, and it was able to allow me to teach my, my, my staff 
my customer service vision and my customer service plan because like customer service is everything and you and, and very few business plans have a customer service plan in it mine did because i'm like i grew up on the island so tourism is the number one industry so i i like i i have every business i have that's why we get so many five-star reviews because i literally have a customer service plan but anyway we did that for months and we had a lot of people do that. Um, and, and, you know, the cool thing that came from that, we lost a lot of money, but it didn't really matter. But, um, what, what ended up happening was a lot of the aunts and uncles and neighbors and moms and dads associated with these, with these kids. Um, they were decision makers at some really big companies. So they were able to see our customer service plan in, in, in motion, but see, because the secret to standout truck isn't just the trucks and the billboards and that. Yeah, that's a part of it. But like how we execute is this is the thing and the, the results we get for our clients. So that those um, celebrations end up leading to, you know, a lot of big brands reaching out. Like we've done business with um, People's Bank. You, you mentioned them in the beginning. Shout out to People's Bank, um, MGM, McDonald's. Uh, I mean, like some of the we actually ran a campaign. For the White House, think about this. The White mm. House reached out to us to run a campaign in New Hampshire for, for them. And see, this is the power of marketing, too. I don't think like people understand like the level of, of marketing that, that, that I'm at. Like to, to, to get the to get the the White House to reach out for us to run the campaign. The tiny little company, we based in Holyoke, Mass, um, to, to see that happen, you know. But they, like I said, man, we some of the that, top I that was for the infrastructure bill, right? Back a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yes, I mean that's and that's the whole thing, man. So we've 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 done it all, and it's in such a short period of time. But like like I said, man, this always goes back down to incredible work ethic and and really understanding advertising and marketing. You know, one thing you also understand is is a, is the importance of a strong work ethic. I know you've talked about this a lot. How? How have you developed that over the years? And, and, and this, more importantly, what advice in that area do you have for others, especially young people who want to be successful? Yeah, no, nah, man. So I come from a family of workers, man. I, I, like, I watched my stepdad run his pest control business, you know, to feed us and w- go w- w- um, wake up days that he didn't want to. I, I, you know, as a kid, one of the things that stuck with me with him, I remember he was, he was um, spraying one of the restaurants in this island we lived on called Exuma. And they forgot he was coming. So they had let the guard dogs out. And they had some Doberman Pinchers. And I mean, they tore him up, man. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Mm. And that man, that man, the following morning, he, I mean, everybody in the world would have understood if he didn't go, go to work. But he woke up the next morning and he was out spraying the homes that he had lined up for that day. You know what I mean? And I was, I was like, that, that, that left a serious impact on me. And then when we were immigrating, after my, my mom and my stepdad got divorced, when we moved to this country, my mother, who was terrified of flying, I mean, morbid fear, uh, she took a job as a flight attendant so she could take care of me and my, my sister. And she had to, my, who, who, and, and she couldn't swim, hated, hated the water. She had to take a job. I mean, she had to, she had to pass a swimming test to get the job that she, as a flight attendant. So like when, you know, those kind of things in my head, when I'm talking about work out there, like that's, I, I tell people all the time, like, the reason why I'm not afraid to talk to all these corporations and close all these deals, I mean, the worst they could say to me is, no, my mom had to overcome morbid fear to feed us. I don't have to overcome morbid fear. I, if they say, like, I, I always joke and say, if McDonald's uh, is promoting the McRib and and I go to them and say, hey, stand up, truck could help you um, promote the McRib, and they say no, I know that means I explained myself wrong. 
So I got to go back to them and explain it in a different way. It's, 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 it's no big deal. It's no fair, man. I, and that right there is I don't fear failing. Like failing is you fail when you when you when you quit. And I'm never going to quit until I reach my goals. So for young people, those are things I, I like to teach them. Like, because this is all mindset, man, and believing in yourself. I believe in myself, not, not, not in an arrogant way. I, just, I believe in myself so much. And I believe in my team and I believe in everybody, the positive people that I surround myself with. Like anything's possible for real, for real. Like my mom had to listen. I'm going to say this again. She had to find a job where she could live in Florida, but work in the Bahamas. That sounds impossible. Nah, she took it. She had to, she had to overcome some stuff, right. But to, to, to do that thing. So like, that's my mindset, man. And any, any young adult business professional, entrepreneur, business person, wherever you are, if you adopt that kind of mindset and, and just put the work in, once again, the LBW, the long, lonely, born work, you put that work in, anything's, any, anything's possible, man. Mike, it's so great to talk to you. We're just about out of time. Um, I know when you were featured in Business West a couple of years back, we saw a sign in your office that said, uh, dreams don't work <laughs> unless you do. So, you know, I know you'll keep putting in the work, but what's the next dream? So ultimately, man, I, I can I can share this. My my big vision, man. Like I I I want to. I plan on starting the foundation this in, in a few years because I want uh, every dollar I make, man. I want to give it back. So part of the reason I'm giving away ten thousand copies of that book is because I know only three to five percent of people are going to take action. So that's like five hundred um, people that are going to read him. Um, could go after their dreams. Go, five, so I'm, I'm looking at five hundred Mike Conleys. So. I want to create a foundation so in, in 15, 10, 15 years, when those people are ready to to make their dreams happen, there's a there's a there's a there's a fund for them to be able to access capital. So that's why I have to make all my dreams come true um, to connect everything. But that's it's always the vision, man. Always, I I, I love my community and I I, I have a global community. Um, so I I love being a part of that. I love sharing. I love teaching. I love helping people, and I love. I love making my dreams come true. So it's, it's cool. And as I said, that's about all the, that's all the time we have. Mike, I, I so enjoy talking to you. Um, um, we've we've uh, talked many times over the years. I'm always inspired. And a lot of people are inspired by, by the things you do. So thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. Thank you. And listen, the reason you are my favorite people is, man, every time you write about me, you make, you make me seem so much greater than I am. I, I, I want to I just want to have you write about me every day and share it. <laughs> it's not, not hard to make you look good. Um, thank, thanks again, Mike. And thanks, thanks to all of, and thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time.